or, you know, actively not changing things because, you know, when you don't make a choice, that's also making a choice. Mindfuck there. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Cassandra Lay, and you're listening to I'm Lost, So What? The podcast exploring between belonging and carving your own path. For all the peeps out there who kind of know what you're doing, but still question, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm with you. Woo, all right. It has been a while since I've had a solo episode, and it feels good to be back here with you all, just you and me. In this episode, we are talking about how to get your shit together and other tips for living your best life. But before we get into that, I want to catch you up on what's been happening over on my end and honestly where I've been. So in 2023, it was a really terrible, that sounds dramatic, but honestly, it was a really terrible and a really fantastic year. Who knew? duality, two things can exist at once, or many things can exist at once if we want to get into the parallel universes. But for business, it was rocky, y'all. We had a loss of clients, a dip in cash flow. If you work in the marketing industry or in any sense of, or in any terms of like content, uh, you'll know that artificial intelligence came in hot and well, it kind of took over. So there were so many changes in the industry and for me and my team at the Quirky Pineapple Studio, we were really trying to keep up with it all and also figure out a way to use AI in our own processes, content creation, and all the things. Most of the time last year, I ended up questioning a lot if I'm actually building something that I really like. And I used a lot of last year to build and create systems and workflows to really streamline the business. Since we had a dip in cash flow and with clients, we actually had a lot of time and space to really take a look at our systems and operations and simplify them. Simplify and streamline, to be honest, and make it easier for me and the rest of the team to actually do our work well. If you're interested in things like that, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram at Cassandra TLE if you want like a totally separate episode on that. This podcast doesn't necessarily cover business things, but that's kind of what happened in 2023 over at the Quirky Pineapple Studio and the business. On the personal side of things, whoa, where where do I even start? There were a lot of moments, I guess, where I had to learn to put up and hold boundaries. I had to learn to choose myself. That sounds also dramatic, but honestly, I had to learn how to choose myself and voice my feelings and not feel guilty about them. Thanks to therapy and my therapist, we've been working on it. I still feel guilty sometimes, but honestly, the payoff after voicing my feelings and not feeling guilty about them, totally worth it because I'm not like harboring resentment. I think that might have to be an episode for another day, but Basically, I was working through a lot of like mind drama and all the things. Those were some of like the personal challenges that I went through in 2023. But at the same time, there were also like some really beautiful things in 2023. My partner and I, Maria, we traveled a lot. We did something that I've been wanting to do for years since living in Spain, which is called the Camino de Santiago. It is a pilgrimage from a certain 
area point in Spain, or actually I think you can start in Portugal or even France, and you walk for however many kilometers you want to Santiago de Compostela. So that was amazing. We did a five-day pilgrimage, walked 100 kilometers. Uh, that's maybe breaks down to like, I think it was like 20-ish kilometers every day. Gosh, y'all, like if you ever are thinking about doing something like that, I highly recommend El Camino de Santiago. It is beautiful if you go in the summer, not too hot. The weather was amazing. Well, there was one day that it rained on us, but it was still amazing. And the landscape and just like being in nature, waking up early every day, putting on my shoes, packing my backpack and just walking like there was nothing else that I needed to worry about. Gosh, that was amazing. Like I think about those five days all the time and I'm always like, should we do it again? Should we just like stop and like go walking again or do the pilgrimage? So that was amazing for 2023. We got to hang out with lots of people. I spent time deepening friendships and relationships. I started working towards my goals and myself really. I grew in community. I I feel like I started really making friends or connecting more with people here in Toledo. I started grounding myself in really what I wanted in my vision. And then, of course, a big one was I hosted family for a month. And having the flexibility and time and space to just live my life has been like super fulfilling, very wholesome. I feel like my soul needed something like that. And... I mean, the icing on the cake was just hosting five family members <laughs> over four weeks. So I had my youngest sister come in December 18th and my last family member, uh, my middle sister left on January 21st. So it was a lot. <laughs> I've never hosted that many people in my house before. Shout out to my partner, Mario, for really putting up with that. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot to like one host family or host people in general, but to host your like parents-in-law, I guess. I, in Spanish, it's called consuegros. Or lo, no, los suegros. To host your in-laws and your like sister-in-laws, even though we're not married, but like basically for that long, I mean, bless his soul. But it was amazing. Like hosting them, having quality time, hanging out and like really sharing my home. In season one, episode 11, it's called Why Home Isn't a Place. Like that feeling I had, like having my family here, and exploring a place that I have turned into my home, like my routines, my favorite spots, sharing that with them and having them feel really welcome, I think. And also at home in my home was honestly, I, I feel like I need to do a whole other episode for that because that feeling, I don't even know how to describe it yet. It It's like fulfilling, wholesome, complete really, I don't know, gratitude, something like that. But yeah, that's kind of what's been happening over here. Like lots of things happened in 2023. And now I feel like I've got a good foundation and a setup to be super intentional about 2024. So that's kind of what's been happening over here in Toledo in my little area of the world. And before diving into what I've got planned for 2024 and this episode, how to get your shit together, as well as other tips to live your best life, I've been asking all of the guests that we've had on the season two, what does being lost mean to them? And I feel like I need to ask myself that question 
first and share with you all before we dive into like how to get to your shit together because what does lost even mean or what does being lost even mean to me? Well, lots of things. Apparently, I've got my notes in front of me and I'm looking at like the little bullet point list I've made for myself. The first thing that I've written down is opportunities. So being lost to me is like equal parts opportunities, frustration, anxiety, and magic. (laughs) Like I said in the beginning of this episode, two things or many things can be true at once. And I honestly feel like being lost is first like definitely frustrating frustrating mainly because I think I'm like looking externally for I guess like benchmarks of what I should be doing where I should be when I should be doing stuff and then because I'm looking externally not only am I feeling like the frustration I'm also feeling the anxiety on top of that because I feel like I am falling behind so I feel like it's that for sure, like this underlying feeling of frustration and anxiety because I am looking externally. And then when I'm looking internally, it is more like this feeling of, oh, opportunities, magic. Like I talked about it, I believe in season one, where I mentioned about the twilight zone and how in the twilight zone, nothing is palpable. It's like the you're on the precipice of something. And that's where I feel like opportunities and magic actually happen. And that is basically what being lost means to me. Equal parts, opportunities, magic mixed with frustration and anxiety. And how that feels usually in my body and everyday life. Well, for me, it manifests in my chest. And I feel like I I think I've talked to my therapist about this and a previous life coach. When I have like feelings of anxiety, it's definitely in my chest. I feel like it's constricting and I'm like, (gasps) and most of the time it's this like unwarranted feeling that just kind of overcomes my body. And I just have to like, whoa, pause for a moment and think, okay, let me take some deep breaths here because this anxiety is like constricting my breathing. So that's how it feels in my body. It also creates lots of mind drama. So when I am feeling lost and, you know, the frustration anxiety is like really taking over, it definitely creates lots of mind drama. And when I am talking about mind drama, it is like me overthinking and really... I guess like getting too granular in things like it is me thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I start like playing scenarios in my brain of like, okay, if I do this, these are like the repercussions. I start creating like stories in my brain, in my mind really of like, what could happen, what could go wrong. And that mind drama basically leads to me being stuck because I am basically stuck in fear and in like freeze mode. Like I'm too scared to actually do something because I have created so many stories in my brain and like overthought every little thing. (laughs) So I just don't take action. And when that happens. Usually what I have to do is kind of like take a moment, pause, and then kind of like recalibrate, not look so externally and look more internally, and then start moving into like the magic and the opportunities that I was talking about before. So that is what being lost 
means to me. And I would love to know what does being lost mean to you? We are recording the season finale of season two of I'm Lost So What podcast. And I would love to include you all in the season finale episode of what being lost means to you and how does that feel in your body. I am going to link a little link um, in the show notes where you can send like a 30 second to one minute clip answering the question and you'll be included in the season finale that comes out at the end of February. Okay, now that we've got that, here's how to actually get your shit together and live your best life because I know this is the meaty stuff and this is what this episode is about anyways. So I'm starting with a disclaimer um, because I feel like whenever I watch videos about this on YouTube or I listen to podcasts or I see other people's posts, this might be a me thing. So I am like, oh, wow, they just like live such a perfect life. And, you know, I end up accidentally putting those people on a pedestal. And I am just going to start with a disclaimer and say, take my words, really, like this entire episode with a grain of salt. Take what you like, leave the rest. If you don't agree with me, let's talk about it. You can send me a DM on Instagram at Cassandra TLE. I want to start this episode sharing that I do come from a background of being middle class raised in the United States. I am able-bodied, I am neurotypical, and I am from the United States with a U.S. passport and a native English speaker. So when I'm saying, learn, like, let's get our shit together and live your best life, like, I'm already starting there with, like, certain privileges. Yes, I am also Asian American, Vietnamese American. Yes, I am an immigrant living in Spain. But I do have a base to start from. So, again, take this with a grain of salt. Take what you like. Leave the rest. And let's just dive into it. Okay, so getting your shit together. Going to, I'm going to share, like three ways to start. I am definitely not saying that I always have my shit together. Most of the time, I kind of don't. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of winging it sometimes. Most of the time, I do feel like my shit ebbs and flows. Um, That was very visual. Some days are really better than others, but I return to the simple like system and ritual that I've developed. And it has helped me recalibrate when I feel really like out of sorts or lost, like what I was mentioning before. So the first thing to do, and this is my system. So this is what works for me. And I say, take some of whatever you are interested in, and then you can adapt it to what works for you. But the thing that I usually do in the beginning, if I'm feeling like lost, out of sorts, if I feel like, oh, I do not have my shit together today, I basically take stock and notice things. I cannot get, personally, I can't get my shit together if I don't know what shit is all splattered all over the place. That was also very visual. But really, like, I cannot get my shit together if I don't know what my shit is. So I like to take stock and notice things in my life. I usually do this through journaling, reflection activities, and really you can do this however feels comfortable and supportive for you. One of the examples that I want to mention is the wheel of life. It is an activity, basically a wheel. And then what you do is like you divide it into, I think, six categories. And it could be things like personal, spiritual, romantic, play, work, and health, maybe. And then you kind of like rank 
in each category, the air, like the number that you feel is most adequate. And usually it's numbers one to 10, uh, 10 being like, oh yeah, you feel super satisfied and fulfilled. And then what you do after you rank e- each section with like little dots is you connect them and it basically makes a little web. So it's super visual. I just did that activity in December or January and I saw that oop, my physical and friendship area was like at number three. So I need to work on that this year. So some of the things that I like to review and take note of are how I feel on a day-to-day basis, weekly basis, monthly, quarterly, and yearly, any specific milestone moments. So when I'm talking milestone moments, I'm not saying like really awesome things all the time. I am also marking down challenging milestone moments and also feel good milestone moments. And that is, those are like milestone moments that I've had through the weeks, months, quarters, and year. And I kind of like when I list out these milestone moments, I then kind of go in and think about, okay, what happened? Why did it happen? How did I contribute to it? How did I feel? And also a super important question is, do I want to change it or do I want to keep at it? So let's say, for example, I write down a milestone moment that's good and I go through like those questions that I just mentioned. And the last one is, do I want to change or do I want to keep it? And that one would be if it's like a feel good thing then of course I want to keep it. So now the question goes to, okay, if I want to keep feeling this or keep experiencing moments like this, what do I need to do to continuously make that happen? And if it were like a milestone moment that was a challenge that I'm like, oh, I do not like that. I did not like that. I don't want to ever experience something like that again. Then I ask myself, okay, yeah, of course I want to change that. And that takes me to the next question of, okay, what do I need to do to actually change that so that I don't experience like crippling anxiety again? So those are just some of the other things to consider when you are writing down milestone moments. And then another one that I like to take note of is people I spent most of my time and energy with. So this is basically taking stock of my relationships that I have, whether with my partner, with my family, with my friends, with colleagues, with just like random people, if I go to like networking events or something. And then I ask myself, did they add to my life, take away, was I feeling fulfilled or chaotic? I will say that like when I go through this like activity and I talk about how I feel or list out milestone moments, like those are easy for me. And they're very fun to do because I just, I like reflecting and kind of like taking note of how things have happened and what has happened. It's also a really nice way for me to just feel gratitude for how far I've come. I will say when I ask myself about relationships and people, this is like the super uncomfortable section for me because I am a huge people pleaser. Well, I'm like a huge people pleaser in, what is that word? Rehab? Yeah, I'm in rehab for that. It's called therapy. Um, but I, I've i hung out with some people who, I mean, I, I'm sure you all have felt it, like where you've hung out with people who re-energized you and then people who drain your energy. It's not like, you know, you don't like them because they drain your energy. It's just that, you know, they just don't, they're not your vibe right now. So I have to answer that question too. And that question is super uncomfortable for me because that means that I need to, again, start taking action 
to kind of either spend more time or develop a deeper relationship with someone or I need to be honest with myself and to limit my time with them. And this is not me saying like, oh, go out and tell somebody like, oh my gosh, you like drain my energy. You suck. No, this is more like, okay, I've noticed this. What do I need to do to make sure that I feel good? So once you've got all of that and all of the answers to this, like taking stock and reflection, we are going to move into the next step, which is actually making a plan for you to get your shit together and live your best life. This part, I think, is probably like the most fun for me because this is when you feel... Well, I don't know if you all feel it, but I definitely feel it. This is when I feel like super jazzed up. I'm like excited. I am really feeling expansive and I am thinking about all of the possibilities that I could get done. And, and then I like to make a concrete plan to actually make that happen. So this is when I get to dream and vision amazing, dreamy things for myself. I like to really just let my imagination play here. I feel like this is the most fun part. I mean, reflecting is also fun, but like making a plan, it's just like, uh, it's like inspiring and motivating. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, it's going to, I'm going to change. It's going to happen. So here's how I actually make a plan. I usually start off with goals. So I brain dump all my goals into my um, Notion hub template. And I kind of just like, list whatever goals I feel like I want to accomplish. Like it could be this year, if we're talking 2024, it could be honestly, whenever. And then what I do is I break those goals up into quarters. So instead of trying to tackle all of the goals all the time during the year, um, I like to basically consider, okay, what is my life kind of looking at like and where does it make sense to approach these goals? So let's say, for example, this year, I know I will be traveling back to the United States maybe twice because I have weddings to go to. And if I am traveling for weddings and then potentially seeing family and seeing friends and maybe staying a little bit longer in the United States, I'm going to need goals that are less grand and less big or less like energy consuming and goals that are a little bit easier because I know when I'm traveling, I just don't have like the emotional, physical, energetic capacity like I would have if I were just at home living my normal routine. So after I break down my goals, I break them up into quarters. And then after I break them up into quarters, from those quarters, I decide, okay, which month do I want to tackle them? If I'm thinking, okay, in January, I want to focus on these goals. In February, these goals. In March, these goals. And then after I do that, that's when I finally write out action steps to make them happen. I will say that before you like probably break up these goals into quarters or months, maybe think about what your year kind of looks like. So for example, I mentioned travel and I mentioned like okay, I'm traveling to the United States. So those times I know that my bandwidth to actually do something is probably going to be a little like more limited because I just don't have like the same capacity I would have if I were at home doing my thing. If I know that, for example, in Spain in July, August, well, it's really hot here, at least in Toledo where I live. And 
nobody really does anything. People kind of just like take off for the summer and they just chill and relax. So for me, you know, in July, August, if I have goals that potentially involve other people, or if I have specific goals around XYZ, I know in July, August, it'll be a little bit more chill. So I can do maybe more personal goals. So I would break like map out your year first. If you know, like what you have planned, put that in first. And then once you have your brain dumped goals, break them up into quarters and then you can break them up into months. And then once you do that, then we get into the action steps to make it happen. I like to assign specific timeframes for when I'll be focusing on specific goals because it keeps me focused and I won't actually get distracted. So an example is this year, I'm like speaking this out into the universe because honestly, I've been saying this for maybe four years and I haven't actually taken the action steps to make it happen. And I think I like rushed into it, but I am getting my Spanish driver's license. If you have like, if you live abroad, then you know what it's like to potentially get your driver's license or not. But in Spain, this is a little bit more technical. I don't know if you all care about this, but in Spain, I cannot drive legally, even though I have my license back in the United States. I could have like, what is the word? Switched it, I guess, and gotten my Spanish driver's license earlier when I first arrived to Spain to live here permanently within like the first six months. But because I didn't know to do that, um, I got to start from zero. So I am learning how to drive stick shift and I have to take my theory test. So my goal is to have it by the end of the year. So now retroactively, I need to be studying for it now. So I am like listing out what my action steps are, and then the months, quarters that I plan to make it happen. So one action step is to take three tests daily. And that is something that I can start Well, I started in January. And I'm going to continue until I feel confident to actually take the actual test. Um, I plan on registering for driving school in quarter two, and then uh, that will give me time to practice driving, stick shift and in Spanish with like a Spanish instructor, and then getting my license by the end of the year. So once I have those action plans, then it's about setting up a system to support these goals and make it a reality. And we'll talk about that next. But that is kind of how I make my plan and then actually make action steps or set action steps to make that plan a reality. Because I feel like, and this happens with my clients at the Quirky Pineapple Studio, this is like a marketing sense, but it applies, I think, to everybody else generally. What happens usually with our clients at the Quirky Pineapple Studio is they come up with like this grand plan for marketing and they want to do all of this content marketing and they want to do launches and sales campaigns. And that is awesome. Totally here for that. We love supporting our clients doing that. But what usually happens is they make the plan, but then they don't actually set up the action steps. And the action steps are super important because basically this is how you know that you're going to like you know, carry out your strategy. And not only are the action steps important, it's really important to set up a system to actually support your action steps. So for example, if our clients want to do more video content, then a system that they probably need to set up is one to record videos and batch record content. So then they can send it to us and then we can edit 
that content, send it back to them for revision, and then post it. And all of that needs to be supported by a system like marketing systems and like all of that stuff. Because if you don't have that, then your action steps just kind of are action steps, but then you don't, you end up not having time to carry out your action steps because you haven't changed the system to support them. That was like super technical, but let me know if that like example made sense to you all. But yeah, that's like the planning part. The next part is setting up the system to like support these goals and make it a reality. This part is, ooh, this part is, I don't think is like the fun part because like when you review and reflect, you feel good and then you kind of like know more and you have data to, you know, act on. And then you also can feel like gratitude and feel good about where you've like how far you've grown and all of that stuff. Making the plan is like super exciting because then you feel like inspired and motivated and you're like, oh my gosh, this can happen. I can do this. And then setting up the system to actually make the action steps happen. Now this part I feel like sucks. This is the part I call discipline. And (laughs) this is where I feel like a lot of people, myself included, fall off that motivation train. We fall off that motivation and inspiration train and we're just like, well, this is like a lot harder to to get your shit together and live your best life than we anticipated. And this is where change is actually required. This is where action is actually needed. And this is where discipline is probably the most important thing. Okay, well, I say discipline, but I also want to include like, I think discipline and self-compassion. So tangibly and logically, I'm just going to walk you all through like my process for this. Um, I've broken it down tangibly and logically, and then I've also broken it down emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Y'all know I love having like the tangible with like the spiritual stuff. So tangibly and logically, this is what I like to do. I like to time block on my Google calendar to actually know, okay, when am I going to do stuff? I know it sounds like really lame to like time block and just know exactly what you're going to do every day, especially for the people who are like, oh, I want like inspiration to strike and I want like spontaneity and all of that stuff. But honestly, having this system allows me to even be more creative because I know every day, not every day, but like I know on Mondays at 10 o'clock, this is when I'm recording content. I know on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, that is when I'm sitting down to script out podcast episodes, uh, to script out YouTube video outlines, to script out reels and all of that stuff. And that actually gives my mind like, oh, okay, I know Tuesday, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this. That makes it super, super easy. So when I time block on my calendar, I start setting up my morning and evening routines and that sets me up for a good day. And then I get really, really intentionable, intentionable. Um, what? I get really intentional, intentional. Okay. Intentional y'all about what I want to do or don't do in my notion hub. I basically have lots of lists for this and I kind of just like keep it there because it's just like a reminder for me. So sometimes when I go back into like, when I like fall into the f- the feeling of being lost and like that frustration, anxiety comes in and then I start like, you know, with the mind drama again, I start overthinking and overcomplicating things. I kind of can go to my Notion Hub and just look at the list and be like, oh yeah, that was like the goal or, oh yeah, that was the focus. So then after I time block and set up my morning and evening routines and then get really intentional about what I want to do or don't do, this is when I start bringing in my support. So this is when I communicate my goals to my partner, to my family, to my friends, 
to Team Quirky, to my colleagues. This is where I, I also need support to make it happen. So I pull in the people that can support me. And then I also use the systems that I have to support me. That is like the tangible and logical. I feel like this is easier said, like explained visually. So maybe a podcast episode might not be the best way to explain this. But I did record a YouTube video on setting up these systems. So if you want to take a look at what my Google Calendar looks like and how I've set it up using like my Notion hub and all of that, then I will link it in the show notes and you can watch it and kind of like see a visual representation. So that is what I like to do to keep myself disciplined. And then emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, this is what I like to do as well. I also journal a lot. I am an avid journaler. I journal every single day in the morning. I pick an affirmation card to help me with like a question to explore. I look up Pinterest journaling prompts. I have my own journaling prompts that I like to kind of like reuse. I've worked through The Artist's Way, which is an awesome book to explore and unlock my creativity. So I use like lots of different tools to journal. And I set a like slot every day in my in my morning routine to journal before I start work. Something else that I also do is I continue with therapy to work on all the hidden and past things holding me back from actually moving forward. And my therapist has really helped me notice roles I have in my relationships, specifically with my family, like what these roles look like, the patterns that I have in these roles and the cycles that I perpetuate, unconscious habits I have, and also unconscious things that like I recreate, so routines that I fall into. And then that's therapy work in general. And then something else that I also do is I set up little celebrations for myself. So this one's super important because I just need celebrations to like recognize that I have reached specific milestones and they can be like small milestones. It doesn't even need to be big ones. Like a big milestone for me using the example of getting my driver's license, that would be like holding the physical driver's license. That would be awesome. And that is like a big celebration. But like a little celebration for me is like, okay, today I actually took three tests online. And one thing I love doing is like, I have a little habit tracker in my bullet journal and I just cross off the date. And that seems so small, but the satisfaction, I honestly feel crossing that off and then looking at it month by month to see how many days I actually studied. Oh, that stuff. I celebrate it. And Aiko, who I interviewed in season two, episode five, talks about this when she talks about developing a mindfulness practice. So just being mindful of like, okay, where you are, what you're doing, and setting up little, I guess, like celebratory things for yourself. So then you can also recognize the work that you've put in. I mean, honestly, it could be big or small. doesn't need to be like justified to be a big thing. You can celebrate any small thing, like for real. I love celebrating the smallest thing. So those are like the tangible and logical and then emotional, mental and spiritual things that I like to do when it comes to discipline. And I will not lie to you all. This is like the discipline part is probably the hardest part because it is actually taking action to change things or, you know, actively not changing things because, you know, when you don't make a choice, that's also making a choice mindfuck there um but it's really like uh, it is hard like honestly i'm like 
talking to you all about this and talking about discipline and like the systems and routines I set up. But honestly, I could wake up and have all of these systems set up, have all of these routines to be disciplined about it and like take the action steps I need. And I could wake up and be like, eh, not today. Or, eh, I don't feel like it. Or, eh, the bed's too warm. I'm not getting up to do this. And that, I think, is where, like, the self-compassion comes in because, like, this stuff is hard. Changing, fucking hard. Changing things that you don't like, also really hard. Changing things and then accepting and, like, acknowledging that something has to change or that you want to do something differently, difficult. Giving up it midway because maybe you fell off the wagon uh, one day and then, like, restarting also hard. Like discipline, people say it all the time. And I feel like I watch all of these like inspirational clips on TikTok or Instagram or any social media, YouTube, whatever. When they talk about it, they always say like discipline, discipline, discipline. You need discipline. And I get it. You need discipline. Like without discipline, nothing can happen. But also I feel like you we need to couple discipline with self-compassion because there are going to be days where you kind of just don't want to do it. And instead of like beating yourself up about it, you kind of just say, okay, you know what? There's tomorrow. And then you actually start tomorrow. But really like y'all, most of the time I like don't want to get my shit together and I just want to let my shit fly around. Like changing, not fun. I say like I like change and I like spontaneity and I like doing things and trying different things. The act of actually doing it and like sticking to it though, fucking hard, not fun, kind of like emotionally draining if I'm being honest. But then I remember like honestly how bad I I felt or how bad I feel when I don't change. And then I decide, okay, I'm like tired of my shit now. Like I'm really tired of my shit. It fucking reeks. Then I start working slowly and steadily towards getting my shit together. And I fall into like, like I said before, like I I don't have my shit together all the time. I fall into these like, you know, waves and peaks of, yes, Cassandra's doing it. And then I drop back down and I'm like, oh, well, this week, not a good week, but it's just kind of like accepting that about myself and then giving myself that compassion and not judging myself about it, which takes work, like to be honest, to give myself that compassion. I do have my woe is me moments and I let myself like beat myself up about it. I, I let myself kind of like wallow in my shit and then I I end up being like, okay, well, I'm tired of that let's go back to trying again and trying again with like more discipline. So here's like, I feel like that was a lot, but that is kind of like my process of getting your shit together. Now, how do you actually live your best life? Ooh, I feel like this is a great question. I don't know what your best life looks like. So I don't know fully how to tell you to live your best life because your best life is going to be different than my best life. But here is my way of living your best life rapid fire style. Again, starting with a disclaimer, take my words with a grain of salt, take what you like, leave the rest. If you don't agree with me, we can talk about it on Instagram. You can send me a DM at Cassandra TLE. Again, just so you all know, I do come from a background of being middle-class, being able-bodied, neurotypical, and being from the US with a USA passport and a native English speaker. So Again, my best life is going to look different than your best life. So let's just get into this rapid fire style. First one, mind drama. Eliminating my mind drama, basically being a woe is me person. So this doesn't mean I don't let myself have a moment 
where I cry and complain and throw myself a pity party. But it does mean that I let myself wallow in my shit, like I said before, and then I actually take action and decide, okay, I'm tired of my shit and move on. I don't want to get stuck in my mind drama and I don't want to get stuck in my pity party or woe is me phase. Basically, when I'm in that, I just like recreate the loop of being lost and feeling frustrated and anxious. Second thing, romanticizing my life. To be honest, I absolutely love the life I've created. I love everything I'm able to do. I love my routines and schedule. I love all of it. And romanticizing my life is really just having those mindful moments where I just get quiet and kind of look around and think, what the fuck? Like I have made like active decisions and choices to get me where I am today. And I love it. I love it. I love that I am able to be in my like, really colorful, cute office in Toledo. I am able to record a podcast episode and share this with you all. I am able to do the things that I want to do. And of course, there's things that I want to change. But I love just like having this mindful moment and saying, yeah, I really fucking did that. And third thing is taking myself on dates. Um, I got this concept from the Artist Way book by Julia Cameron, and I want to take myself on dates or treat myself to little things like a really nice felt pen, expensive stickers, coffee by myself in the sun. I want to give younger Cassandra all the extravagance and indulgences I couldn't have. And when I take myself on dates, like I get to live my best life in that moment. Like it could be a short moment. It could be like a full day, whatever it is. I get to care for myself in that way. Okay. Number four, putting effort into my relationships, like all of my relationships, friends, partner, myself, my family, my clients. I feel like this is like the living the best life part that is actually uncomfortable and difficult because it's like this honest, hmm, how do I say this? It's like this honest confession that I care and I care a lot about the relationships that I have with you. And I feel like it's scary because who wants to be that vulnerable a lot but I do feel like I at this point in my life and at this age um, I don't want superficial relationships or just flowy things that don't have substance like I live far away from my family I don't have all of my friends close to me I I really want real relationships and to give love now sounds cheesy right like (laughs) who talks like this? I want to give love now, like platonic love, romantic love, familial love, whatever it is. Like I want to give it now, not later. And this concept comes from Bell Hook's book, All About Love. So if you haven't read it, highly recommend. But I just realized that like, I don't want to not care. Like it's really scary to care, but I just, I don't want to not care. Like I would rather be known as like the emotional baby and show you my appreciation and care for you than not. So that is number four of what living my best life rapid fire style looks like. I'll repeat these again. And then the last one for real, for real is being Delulu. Honestly, having big audacity energy towards myself really helps. It's to be honest, it's not always there. I wish it was 100% of the time, but I definitely deal with imposter syndrome, like the who am I mentality and all of the other things. But I I like to remind myself that 
I've got some really awesome experiences, stories, and more uh, that I have made a reality and I want to make a reality. And why not give myself that big audacious energy to to do it? Like, why not give myself the permission to just fucking go out there and do it? Did this turn into like a motivational podcast episode? I don't know. But let me repeat what living my best life looks like. Rapid fire style to me. One, eliminating mind drama. Two, romanticizing my life. Three, taking myself on dates. Four, putting effort into my relationships. And five, being Delulu and having big audacity energy towards myself. So those are what living my best life looks and feels like to me. I would love to know what living your best life looks and feels like to you. I mean, we could share things or we could not. I would love to know. Send me a DM on Instagram at Cassandra TLE and let is, let's chat about it. So before we wrap up and like conclude this episode, honestly, huh, this one, this felt good. It's really nice. Let me just take a moment. It's really nice to be back here solo and chat with you all and share about like all of the things that come up this year and like what's in the works and all of that stuff. So again, before we wrap up, just a few reminders that I'm talking about all of these things to like get your shit together and live your best life. But this honestly takes time and requires equal parts discipline, again, and self-compassion. Discipline and self-compassion and y'all, they need to be together so that, you know, we give ourselves softness and also we keep ourselves accountable to our greatness. If you are tired Another reminder, if you're tired of your own shit, this could be your time to explore. Like I, I, sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, "Mm, Cassandra, I'm tired of your shit. And that's when I have to get honest and consider, okay, well, if I'm tired of my shit, my own shit, uh, what do I need to do to explore that? What does that actually look like? And the last reminder is most of the time, There can't be someone out there helping you clean up your shit. I know, terrible. Like I used to think like, oh, if this happens, my shit will be cleaned up. Like it could be an accomplishment. It could be somebody else. It could be like looking for somebody else to help me. But unfortunately, you have to clean up your shit yourself. I know, disgusting. Asqueroso, as they say in Spanish. But yeah, you gotta clean up your shit yourself. And of course, there's like support. Like I mentioned before, like I have support people who kind of like help me, but they don't actually like clean up my shit. I think they kind of just keep me accountable and cheer me on to clean up my shit, if that makes sense. So those are my little reminders before we wrap up. And of course, I love ending each episode with journaling prompts to explore. So I've got three journaling prompts for you all. The first one is, what did you like or didn't like about 2023? How did you feel in 2023? And what do you want to change or keep from 2023? Those are the journaling prompts. Honestly, if you want to do it for 2023, if you're listening to this episode, it's like 2025. You honestly could just ask yourself, like, what did you like or didn't like in the last six months? How did you feel in the last six months? And what did you want to change or keep uh, from the last six months? All right, y'all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining this solo episode. If you want to share what came up for you, send me a message on Instagram at Cassandra TLE. The next episode will be the season finale for season two. And again, if you want to be included, like a little audio clip of you in season the season finale, 
then in the show notes, I have included a link for you to send in a little short audio clip. It could be 30 seconds to a minute answering the question, what does being lost mean to you and how does that feel in your body? I would love to include you all this community into the season finale. Um, I love hearing all of like everybody's diverse answers. So if you feel called, I invite you to send in a little clip. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next episode. I cannot wait to share more. And until then, stay fierce, fam. If you're hearing this message, that means you made it to the end of the episode. Yay, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation and had an idea on future topics you'd like to see covered on the podcast, send me a message on Instagram at Cassandra TLE with your idea. If we decide to explore the topic, we'll also give you a shout out. Whoop, whoop. Want to hang out with me in other areas of the internet? Subscribe to the Doing Good newsletter to receive exclusive access to personal musings from me and podcast guests. Find the link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't. Thank you and see you in the next episode. Stay fierce, fam.